Mucho gusto, and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host, Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I am super, super excited to introduce all of you to two special guests, and I think you're going to like this episode, so it is my pleasure to formally announce to all of you and introduce all of you to two special guests, co-authors, um, Charles and Rox. I am so excited to have the both of you here, so Charles, Rox, thank you both so much for being here a delight to be part of your show. Thank you for having us here. I am just, thank you. And I would just love to know a little bit about your writing journey. So what both, what was like your motivation for writing? What was the determination that you have for writing books for thrillers? I'd definitely love to know about that. Well, we, uh, we've enjoyed uh, um, a long association on, uh, uh, with uh, uh, collaboration, collaboration in the not very interesting and it, uh, it tends to be, uh, well, uh, kind of uh, out of date as soon as you get them published. So um, I didn't want to do that any longer. And, and um, Rock said, okay, all right, new deal, new deal. Um, let's take some, uh, you know, uh, some technical problems, bake them into a story, use fictional characters, and uh, make it more fun, more interesting, and uh, uh, practice our storytelling. So that's what, uh, that's where we got into uh, the, uh, the computer detective work I think is the, what we talked about uh, with you originally. I love because that. It's, yeah, because it's uh, there's forensics there. There's uh, you know the scene of the crime. There's the uh, you name it, and uh, you can do it digitally. And, um, um, and and if you're not careful, you you go to jail or you get whacked in our books. Wow, I can't. I love that, and I love hearing your passion as you talk about it, Charles. And can I also ask, have you both encountered any obstacles when it was writing your books together? How did you both overcome them, if you've had any struggles to discuss? So, so you know, in writing the books, so we've been writing as co-authors um, for, for thrillers for about 11 years now. And uh, when we started, unfortunately, you know, we, we had all of these stars in our eyes that we were going to be instant award-winning kind of authors. But you know, it takes a lot of marketing, a lot of following, a lot of friends, a lot of influencers like yourself to help make that journey a little easier. So I think that the biggest hurdle was making the decision to go, um, rather than go for a traditional publisher, to go ahead and be able to control our own destiny by doing a um, small press and having our own company from a publishing perspective. And um, that kind of made made things different for us. It, it helped propel us into new areas. So, you know, we still work full time. We still work in technology. So we're learning all the time for those times that are taking place, even in a digital world. Uh, but um, yeah, it's not easy. It's a hard work. I can definitely imagine. And you bring up a great point, Rox. Working full time and really wanting to get your name out there is definitely a challenge for myself, especially. Um, for when it came, I've only written one book myself, and I originally wanted to go traditional publishing because I had been an intern for Penguin Random House back in college, but it was just so hard for. T- to ask anybody to give me a shot, no matter how many query letters I was writing, no matter how many LinkedIn connections I had, it was super, super hard. A company called New Degree Press. Yes, actually it, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're a great self-publishing book company. 
a friend of mine had referred me to them because she had published her book and at first I kept thinking it's so much money it's gonna be really really hard but if I'm gonna be frank it did cost me an, an arm a leg and a kidney and maybe a lung but <laughs> yeah but I paid for the editing I paid for the whole publishing process the cover book everything and it was quite an adventure and I think for me for a lot of people self-publishing I think you just really get to control a lot of things rather than traditional publishing but that's just my opinion and I feel like no matter what journey you take to publish your book you're still an author so I give you both kudos like oh my god I feel like I'm learning from two masters right now uh, well no we just love telling stories you know I mean yeah Story and we tellers. do have fun with them um, you know in technology there's a lot of pitfalls that people fall into um, you know, using the internet is not, it's not uh, like riding in a car with a seatbelt. It's like riding, you know, on top of the car going 500 miles an hour because there are obstacles everywhere. So one of the things we try and point out in the books are, are ways for people to kind of, kind of protect, you know? Yeah. We would say dodge the bullets, probably a better <laughs> way to put it. <clears throat> so, uh, um, because there's always somebody just um, loose down the got nothing else to do and what they want to do is they want to say I wonder what it's like being able to um, raid this person's bank account or um, erase their identity and uh, hold them for ransom or break into a bank and say I, I want to be able to make some withdrawals of all the money yeah, it, it's um, <clears throat> um, the criminal you still have criminals you know but it's a, it's a different mindset exactly. and of course, you know, then we get into alright now you've stolen it how do you sell it? Where's the money coming from that? And so we get into digital currency discussions frequently inside the other books. Definitely. And I love to hear that. <clears throat> have you ever, have both of you ever felt like as you're writing a book and you're getting to know your character, you actually can envision yourself being the character yourself? Because I feel like for my first book, my private detective, Sasha Thomas, I felt at first that we were completely different people. But I remember that as I was learning a little bit more about Sasha's story and I was really getting to know her personally I felt like we were really no different and I couldn't and I could see myself in Sasha's footsteps have you both ever like felt like you were taking the persona of your characters themselves as you've been getting to know them writing their experiences I think there are elements of us in the characters are they are they exactly like us probably not um in in many ways they're probably better because we all like to see the good side of ourselves. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of... <laughs> well, really? Okay, yeah. But I do think that... Yeah, well, that's okay. And I do think there are elements um, of us. We also have a lot of characters, and so we have pulled different elements from different people that we've crossed paths with, worked with. Um, you know, it's, it's the good guys versus the bad guys. So because of the industry that we work in, technology... There's a lot of people out there that are good guys and bad guys. Now, what we do run into now and again, <clears throat> Sally, is that uh, we'll be, you know, story crafting, you know, uh, character development, and then all of a sudden, the character starts telling us, no, no, I need to go this way. And it's it's, it's kind of an interesting scenario, because like, really? We have you going, and you actually have the character talking to you, you know, in your mind. Um, although I have some spirited conversation with law uh, now and again, but uh, it's 
is curious when they would do things. Well, I, I thought we could do it this way. Is it no? The character wants to go that way, and it's uh, um, we get finished with it. Sometimes we'll, the way we write, we, we bat things back and forth using our um, patent-pending technique of uh, literary ping pong. And um, we do the story polishing, and sometimes it, uh, when they do that, we get this this, this really sparkly character. It's um, we have so much fun with it. It, it really. We wouldn't have imagined taking it the way that uh, he wanted to. I love that, and <clears throat> I am so fascinated to hear that you can actually talk to your character. I felt like I've never had that experience personally, but I've always just felt like I was placing myself in my character's shoes. But the fact that you've been able to talk to your character, Charles, and he's been he or she's been able to guide you and tell you, no, I go this way, go that way. Oh my gosh, have you had that experience as well, Rob? I have, and it, it's a it's a matter of how the characters, and maybe it, maybe it's played out in my own between my two ears, but um, you know where they really want to have a certain kind of a, a trajectory on where they're going to go. So you know, it's how some of our characters end up getting redeemed. Some of our bad guys do have some redeeming qualities, and uh, you know, people make mistakes. People can overcome mistakes. Yes. And so that's some of how that happens, is they, they just say, no, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to do this now. Probably one of the best reviews we ever had, <clears throat> that's it's stuck in my mind all these years, where um, the reviewer said, I didn't want to like it, I didn't want to feel sorry for it, I couldn't help myself. Oh. Now that's, that is, uh, uh, what a compliment to have somebody um, say that about uh, a character that uh, we did carry on. Wordsmithing and character smithing on them, and uh, it grabbed their imagination, and they they were angry with themselves for feeling sorry for that uh, that, that um, semi good, semi bad character. <clears throat> wow, and that's just so admirable. I usually felt like that's the same struggle that I had. My character, I initially wanted her to be such a bad character. I did not want her to be well liked. I wanted her to be considered sort of the anti-hero because I didn't want her just to be considerably all bad, but I didn't want her to be considered all good either. So I remember thinking the anti-hero, you can really play around with it. And like you said, Charles, in real life, people do make mistakes. Sometimes we can make really bad decisions and error and judgment, but you know, it's part of learning, it's part of being human, we're not perfect. But I think that's so interesting to incorporate little bouts of reality into especially fiction books. I feel like that is something that a lot of us can learn, especially me. I'm still learning as I go along. Oh, I don't think that stops. If you think you're going to reach a point where you're stopping that you don't learn anymore in writing, no. Really? You will continue to do that because you'll continue to find new ways of doing things. You'll have new audiences that ask you to do different things. You'll get better. You know, it's like a lot of different yeah. skills that you have. When you when you were young, and uh, I'm going to say you took dance. Younger, younger. Yeah, younger. And and I'm going to say you took dance lessons. I did ballet. The first two months of your ballet, you were not as good as you were in the last two months of your ballet because of practice. So that's that's part of it. You practice, you get better, you you change how you work, you get more efficient, whatever it is. So you're never going to stop learning. A thousand percent. I feel like 
you know, with with practice especially and a lot of dedication, determination, and a passion for something, you can, the sky is the limit. And I feel like, especially with writing, I, even though I already have a book and I have a book and a blog and a podcast, I still feel sometimes like I still need to learn. I still want to learn how to reach out to people. I still want to learn how to really emphasize with my character. And I feel like because even though my book is fiction, a lot of my a lot of what I write is usually fiction, but I usually like to incorporate a little bit of historical context. I feel like there's so many things that I can learn, like really how to bring about the suspense mode, how to really try to pull at my audience's heartstrings. So I feel like that is a great point you bring up, Rox. Practice makes perfect, but I think as well, like dedication and motivation is especially as well. Okay, the other thing we would uh, we have to watch ourselves for. I'll just I'll just be blunt here. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and that's uh, it has to be fresh. I, it can't be. We're going to use the same old formula for the story. We're going to use the same old character for this. We're going to, you know, how about something different? So uh, sometimes. That's the uh, that's the challenge we put ourselves through because you know each book is, is a different uh, book of art, uh, basically, because the, they all have different uh, different threat vectors. They have uh, different characters, and the characters are stressed. They 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 grow. Even the good guys, you know, stub their toe every once in a while, like Mark said. Um, and uh, the bad guys, uh, they're always we're always looking for that one mistake that they make to be able to bring them down. Exactly. Exactly, Charles. Because especially like I feel like in a lot of in a lot of books I usually will read sometimes the the bad guy you think that they will win until the end, then the good guy suddenly he triumphs. He or she just races to the finish line and then we get the happy ending that we didn't think. And I feel like with so many different authors that I've that I've actually spoken with in the past, they've let me know that sometimes they like to twist a little bit of the story. Sometimes they want to just leave everything in suspense. You don't know whether the good guy or the bad guy won. You don't know as to whether or not their motivations were ill-advised or ill-intentional or were they just a little bit confused and they decided to go bad. So I feel like there's so many bouts of writing that you can't just stop at one aspect. And I feel like as writing, as so many of ours, writing evolves and goes really different through time. It's just so exciting to see like where we can take it. No, you're exactly right. And I totally agree with you. Time, <clears throat> time has an impact on your writing, especially when you do a series. For example, you know, the Enigma series, which is behind us, has 12 books in the series. And we, we, we stopped it at 12 books. But what we did do in every single story is some of the characters that come back, they grow. And so they, they aren't static individuals. They grow just like, like we grow as people. They have new experiences, they have new um, relationships, and they, as you said, they either choose to be good or they choose to make some left turns and then pay the price. Sometimes they bittersweet ending um, gives us that uh, uh, an opportunity to be able to pick up that thread in the next book not as a cliffhanger but as a um, you know here's uh, you know you can feel the, the, the denouement in the in the book it's okay it's time for it to end and that's that's basically a, a value judgment that you make 
but there's always some there's always a next what's next horizon so we like to hint and tease at it just a little bit saying okay you know this uh, this character was uh, was wounded and um not just physically but emotionally and we need to pick up that thread in the next book and see how that uh, how they deal with that so you know we we, uh, we try to uh, have a uh, a rich tapestry of character threads story threads and uh, in, in addition to the uh, the major um, threat in that in that particular story i love that and can <clears throat> i also ask you both as well like what was your inspiration to writing about to writing the Enigma series, like what really motivated you personally to come come together and write over twelve books? I think the the real thrust of it was working in technology. You know, it's a lot of very specific um, changes that happen over time, um, and and it happens more rapidly every single day. Um, and and it's really the threats. We wanted to kind of point out ways that people could help themselves. And we can't do that in writing a technical manual, which we've done that as well, and we've done technical workshops. But but if you weave a threat into a story, people tend to go, hmm, maybe I should think about that. Maybe I should change those passwords. Maybe I should try and uh, keep my identity a little safer and not share with everybody that wants to link with me. You know, little yeah. things. I love that. And we, we have a conveyor belt of story threads threat vectors and um, <clears throat> crime heading towards us all the time and it's uh, it, it just you know you can't not you know pay attention to it because it's always coming uh, I'm always getting emails like, okay here's the here's the this here's the that here's the uh, you know there's whole companies that's all they do is just study this stuff and track it and so I get to uh, look at their their information remotes and so I'm like huh well if you took that idea and turned it just a little bit this way, a cyber thug really have a lot of fun with it. <clears throat> and then howdy, then of course, once you've done that, it's like, you know, any, uh, any attack vector, how do you defeat it? And so that's where the fun comes in. And then, you know, you weave in the, uh, some of the personality disorders that uh, we've come across uh, in our, in our, uh, uh, our character building, uh, building over time. And uh, we'll get some uh, rather interesting results. Wow. I love that, that you both have just been inspired because of your experiences working in tech, that you're not only just writing stories, but you help advising the public on how to stay safe, whether online or in person, especially because I can't tell you how many times I live in New York City and I've heard so many scammer scary stories. Like some people just automatically, they assume, especially I think like relatives of mine who I guess because they speak a certain language they've assumed that oh this person sounds like a cousin or an uncle and they will assume that this is whoever and they can trust them and that's not always the case so online online safety especially as in-person safety is a really big must and I gotta give you both props for that because knowing myself I always try to be careful and I always want my guests to be 100% transparent and comfortable when they discuss on my podcast but I always feel like you know you never know what's out there and even though the internet can be good sometimes it can be used for bad so thank you for writing that so we have a tagline that we use that we find very appropriate as technology is today's weapon of choice and we've had that tagline since we started Um, and so people can choose 
they can choose good. So I have to ask you because your your journey is fascinating to me. Yeah, of course. So is Sasha going to come back in another story? You know, I've been asked that question a few times, and I would really love to. I've been thinking I would love to make a sequel about her. The only thing is, I'm just not sure how it would be based on. I've been thinking because I did place her out in North Carolina, where I've visited multiple times with my relatives. I've been thinking I might bring her back to New York, and I I definitely want Sasha to come back. I am just not sure. And then I am just so not sure. There's a lot to think about, but I have been thinking about it. I just I don't know if I will be able to go back to the self-publishing route or traditional publishing because, like I told you, it did cost me a lot of leg and a kidney and maybe a lung. What you may want to do is a consideration, and we've we've talked about this uh, off and on. <clears throat> is uh, basically uh, do it in a, uh, a chapter at a time and, and use a Kendall Villa as a uh, as a publishing vehicle. Which I've is, never uh, done that before. It, it's kind of interesting because what you get is that uh, you know you take for you know sometimes you've got some great ideas there, and um, what you can do is basically shop it uh, for uh, an old Kendall Villa. Um, a chapter at a time, one a week, one every six weeks, so whatever whatever pace that you want. And um, when you're finished with the uh, with the story, you've built the story. So then you've had a chance to be able to uh, um, tease the, uh, the audience. It takes a little bit of uh, smithing afterwards to be able to put it into a book format. But uh, you could try the idea uh, relatively cheaply. Um, with a uh, with a little bit of a, a elbow grease on a uh, you know a nice cover, uh, which are easily done off of uh, fiber. Um, that's where we've seen a lot of uh, good traction. And then publish that uh, um, your thoughts in a uh, in a chapter series, you know, just one chapter at a time. And get feedback from your fans along the way. Maybe yeah. they can help give you direction and have those characters talking to you. I love and that's that. What, yeah. That gets to be pretty interesting because now you're. You know, you're getting uh, almost instantaneous feedback on you know, stuff like, oh, no, this is the wrong way for you. Or like, go, 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 keep going. Yeah. So uh, you'd have to keep score, uh, you know, with people saying, you know, how many for, how many against for, you know, the uh, the different uh, uh, thought processes that, uh, that you're coming up with. But um, it looks like a, a good challenge. Uh, we haven't quite, quite got the right vehicle yet for something like that. Um, but um, at the same time, it's a, it's a good place Try. I love that. Thank you so much, Charles, for the suggestion because I have really been pondering. I would love to write a second book. The only thing is, I also know the thing out chapters in my podcast. Ask, ask my, ask my viewers or listeners. Oh, do you think that this could work? Do you think that this could work? But I wasn't sure if that would be just spoiling the whole story entirely. It might, um, if if you gave too much of it away. It might be more fun to do it on your blog. Maybe do a chapter a week on your blog. I've been thinking about that as well. And then there's also the challenge of my relatives initially came at me because the majority of them do speak Spanish. And they had asked me, why didn't I translate my book in Spanish? I told them that would have definitely cost me both of my lungs. So I don't know if it's possible. Does Kindle offer an, an option for you to translate your book for anyone who the, the native language isn't really English? Not not within not within the the arm itself. Okay. But there's a lot of translating softwares that are out there. So yeah. there's no reason you couldn't translate it. And I'm sure that you 
or somebody in your family can read as well as speak Spanish. So they could read it and say, yes, this is right. This, you know, the translation worked well um, because that software is pretty impressive nowadays. It's yeah. pretty accurate. I think Google's actually got a uh, program where you can, it'll do translations for you. Um, but it, by the time you get finished with it, um, they get finished with it, it might be uh, grammatically incorrect. And that's yeah. and we always worry about, you know, going from one language to the next, unless you got somebody who's you know, fluent and knows, you know, Nobody would say this in, in, uh, um, in this language, and I've been guilty of that, trying to speak German after all these years. And uh, when I was in Frankfurt, they, uh, the guard says, um, hey, uh, do you, uh, you speak English? And I, and I spout, or do you speak German? And I, started, I started spouting off to him. He's like, um, just speak English. You're murdering my language. Oh, my God. So I, I, I was uh, promptly chastised on for that effort. <laughs> I've had to, I've had moments where it's not a big deal, but usually I will, I've run the experience where my relatives have just asked me to read the book entirely, but just try to translate. And I like to think that even though Spanish is my first language, I'm more Spanglish than Spanish. So I can't tell you how many times I've had to like, okay, I think I'm saying this right. I think this is how it's insane Spanish, so I completely understand, Charles. I try not to butcher the language as well. I've got a, we got a friend in uh, bars in Argentina, and uh, he always introduces himself uh, as uh, somebody who speaks Spanish. So uh, I always thought that was a uh, you know very uh, uh, very cute way to be in I did not know that that was a thing, but it's actually a thing for those of, for those of you. If any of you ever feel like you speak more Spanglish than Spanish and English, please comment below, let us know. <laughs> it's just funny. But I also do appreciate that, that tip, Charles, because I feel like as being a new author, I definitely do want to dip my toes in the water, but I also know that I don't want to have to overspend so much money. So I'm definitely always open for so many tips. But there are certainly programs that you can get for free. You can always verify them. So. I the other way to do that is um, we, uh, we actually have a, a short story um, that we got um, packaged up and uh, we've been feeding out chunks of it onto uh, Medium. That's also under a competitive. I've actually form. written articles on there too. Yeah, and so uh, well, we've got uh, like 49 episodes uh, out there at, at this point. So uh, it's um, a good way to be able to test and say, okay, you know, are people enjoying it or not? I love that. And can I ask the both of you as well? Um, are there any more plans to write any further books, maybe by 2024, 2025? So we released one this year. It is a new series. The new series is called Enigma Airs. And Enigma Tracer is out and alive and a lot of fun. It's a very different book. And we also um, write um, in conjunction with people called the Underground Authors. And so our next book in that series called The Killer Enigma will be out in August. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. And if you get a chance, uh, we, I'd like your thoughts on the videos for the books that we have out there. Yes, they're, of uh, course. They're about two minutes long. Um, we work with a, a really nice uh, group of people out of California that do production on it. So we also have a hand in um, crafting the uh, storyboards that they use to be able to Build, build this. So, you know, um, it's not just about writing books, it's about, you know, communications. How do you get 
an idea across with uh, visuals as well as uh, music and uh, nuance. So um, let us know your thoughts on this. Yes, I'll send you the links, no problem whatsoever, and you'll have them today. More power to kudos for you. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much again. Um, Thank you so much, truly. I'm so super honored to vote the Paggio. Thank you, ma'am. A total treat. Thank you so much. Happy Memorial Day. Appreciate you. I guess we can definitely reschedule for another time if we want to go a little longer. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. And for those of you who have enjoyed this podcast, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. I hope you all have a great day, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week. And until then, don't sleep in.